Hey there, I'm Dana, your Canadian English teacher, with another English lesson so you can speak and understand the English spoken in Canada. If you're learning English for the Great White North, you've come to the right place. You'll learn phrasal verbs, common expressions, conversation tips, and of course, some typical Canadianisms. Well, you asked for it. Today is another cell pip preparation episode, and today we are going to be going into detail about the writing portion of the exam. So guys, I know that you've asked for more cell pip preparation episodes. I've had many requests in the Facebook group and in some personal messages to do some more on this topic. If you're not familiar with the CELPIP exam, CELPIP is an acronym that stands for Canadian English Language Proficiency Index Program. And this is an exam that tests your English language ability and it's often used for immigration to Canada. Now I have two more CELPIP podcast episodes. The first one is where I compare CELPIP to the IELTS exam and that's episode 32. And then I have a cell pip listening preparation episode, which is episode 35. So if you haven't listened to those, I suggest you go back and listen to those ones as part of your study for this exam. Now, I'm also going to offer the transcript for this episode for free. So if you're a weekly listener, then you know that the transcripts for the podcast are exclusively for the Podcast Plus members and the students in the CanLearn English Academy. But since this is a more in-depth topic, I think it would be useful for you if you're studying to be able to read along and make some notes. I'm also going to include a checklist of writing strategies for success before the exam and during, so you can check those out as well. So if you want to get the transcript and the checklist for this, if you're listening in iTunes, you can just click on the link in the show notes if you scroll down a little bit, or you can go to canlearnenglish.com forward slash 49. I made this easy because we are on episode 49. So let's get straight into it. The writing portion of the CELPIP exam has two tasks that will measure how well you can communicate in everyday situations. Some examples of these tasks would be like if you bought a vacuum cleaner and when you got it home, one of the pieces was missing and you need to email the company and persuade them to fix this problem. Or if you were given a schedule at work and the hours that you were assigned don't fit your personal schedule, could you email your boss and explain the problem in writing? Now you'll have between 53 and 60 minutes to complete the writing test. In the first section, you'll write an email. And in the second part, you'll respond to an opinion survey and explain your choice. And we're gonna get into these tasks in more detail later on in this lesson. For task one, that's writing an email, the number of words that you need to write is between 150 and 200, and you're gonna get 27 minutes. The second part is responding to a survey question, and you also need to write between 150 and 200 words, and you will have 26 minutes to complete this task. 
there are some features in the CELPIP exam that you might not find on other language exams like IELTS. In the CELPIP exam, you can use spell check because this tool will be available to you in your everyday life. Trust me, I use spell check all the time, but of course we know that it's not 100% foolproof. You'll still need to know the different spellings of there and there, or the difference between effect and effect with an E, just to name a few. And you will also have to have your own knowledge of English vocabulary because of course spell check can't help you with that. Now it will work like it does in any other word processing software. So when the computer detects a spelling error, you will see a thin red line under the word and you can right click it to see a list of the possible word choices. You can also use editing functions like cut and paste and delete and undo and redo just by right clicking the mouse. If you're not comfortable using a computer, you can practice 15 or 20 minutes a day to prepare for the exam. If you don't have your own computer, you can always go to a local library and use one there. And if you're worried at all about the typing speed, try and keep this in mind. You need to be able to type at least five words per minute. It's also important that you stay within the word count range. You need to be within 10% of the word count or you'll be penalized, meaning that they will take marks away from you. So you can't have less than 135 words and you can't have more than 220 words. So while we're on the topic of marking, once you're done your test, it will be graded by four trained and certified graders and your final grade will be a combination of their final grade and your work will be graded on a 12 level scale and there are four categories that the graders will look at. The first category is content slash coherence. And this category measures how smooth and effective your writing flows together to form something meaningful that is well understood. Some questions that might help you understand this criteria are, are your ideas explained clearly or are your ideas well organized so that the reader can follow what you've written? The next factor that you're graded on is vocabulary. This will assess how well you use vocabulary, idioms, and phrases to make your ideas understandable. The graders will look at things like, do you have a sufficient vocabulary to complete the task? How are you using words to express your ideas? And how precise are the words you're using? Readability is the next category, and this will assess how intelligible and how fluent your writing is. This will look at how many errors you make in spelling and grammar, and if this interferes with how readable your writing is. The graders are going to look for the use of a variety of sentence structures and your use of connectors and transitions. Remember, connectors and transitions are used within sentences to show relationships between the ideas within the sentences. So these are words like therefore, also, instead of, or first of all. And finally, we have task fulfillment, and this will test how well you have understood the instructions and if you've done everything that you've been asked to do. The grader is going to look at how well your response addressed the task 
Is it complete? And did you follow the word count? So let's get into task one. This is the task in which you have to write an email. In this section, you're going to be asked to write an email regarding a day-to-day -day matter. And you need to plan your response carefully and use the paper and pencil that are provided to prepare your answer. Make sure that you read the prompt carefully and that you understand it to the best of your ability. So here is an example of the type of question you will be asked. You were searching on the internet for a vacation rental and found a place that looks nice. The owner has posted a photo of the home but hasn't provided any other details. Write an email of about 150 to 200 words to the owner. Your email should do the following things. Tell the owner how you found out about the vacation rental. Ask about some specific details about the rental. Explain how much you're willing to pay for the rental and request that the owner contact you by phone so you can discuss this. When completing this task, it's really important that you think of the purpose of the prompt. Think about what exactly it's asking you to do. Are you making a complaint? Are you giving a compliment? Are you explaining something that happened? Next, organize and plan. You need to look at each bullet point and think what you can say about each point. It's very important that you include something for each point. Think about the rest of the message as well. What are you going to say for the opening and closing? You can start with a first draft. This is where you can bring your ideas together. One tip that I have is that you should avoid using words and phrases that are in the prompt. Think about other ways that you can make statements without copying exactly what's written in the text. Try and use vast and diverse vocabulary that is descriptive and communicates exactly what you mean and is very specific. For example, avoid using words like make, do, big, and say. Be aware of your sentence structure and try and use a combination of simple compound and complex sentences. Use the right transitions to show relationships between your sentences and paragraphs. Remember, you're writing an email, so it needs to be in the format of an email. And be culturally aware and use the right tone. A personal message will have a different tone than a professional one that you would use to write to a company or colleague. Keep your emotions under control. You might be asked to write a complaint. You can express dissatisfaction or disappointment, but you shouldn't express extreme anger or be threatening to the reader. After you finish your first draft, you need to do a final draft. So read your writing with a fresh set of eyes and check that your email is logical and well-organized. Double check your word count to make sure your message isn't too long or too short and check your grammar, punctuation, paragraphing, format, and word choice. And finally, if you have time for it, read it and review your response one more time. Try and use your overall time wisely. You might finish up before the time is up, but use this time to review and edit and make your response better. The more clear and concise your writing is, the higher your score will be. On to task two. This is responding to survey questions. This task will ask you to decide between two options and provide the reason for your choice in writing. This task is in two parts. First, you are given details about a fictional situation, and the second part gives you two choices. You will need to think about the good points and the bad points of each of these two choices. 
you are offered and write a persuasive argument as to why one is better than the other. You need to provide at least one example that supports your opinion. Remember, the point of this task is to prove how well you can express reasoned opinions in English. So you might be wondering what this question is like. The questions in the opinion survey will be related to something that matters to Canadians. It will be something that you'll likely encounter in your daily life in Canada. It doesn't matter which choice that you make. What matters is that you effectively explain why you made that choice. So this example is from the Salpa Preparation book. You work in a small company. The company is considering a new health plan. However, it can only use this health plan if everyone on the staff participates. The company has sent out an opinion survey to see what the staff members think about the plan. Option A, old plan. You use 1% of your salary to pay for a health plan. The health plan will cover some dental costs and 50% of your prescription medicine costs. Option B, new plan. You use 3% of your salary to pay for a health plan. The health plan will cover all dental costs, all prescription medication, and many other extra services such as glasses, physiotherapy, and so on. Choose the option that you prefer. Why do you prefer your choice? Explain the reasons for your choice. So in my opinion, this one is a little bit more difficult than writing an email. You need to read this prompt in full, and I would suggest that you pretend you're actually in the situation because this might help you make your choice. Quickly brainstorm some ideas and make your choice. Don't spend too much time trying to decide. And then think about the pros and cons of each. Like you did in the other section, you need to start with a first draft. Plan what you want to write. What are the reasons for your decision that you are going to use in your response? Make a list of your reasons and how you are going to organize them. You will need to be convincing as you write your response, so make sure your ideas are clear and meaningful. Make note of the tone that you're using when you write. Depending on the prompt, you may need to adapt to a more casual or formal style. Think about paragraphs. If ideas are unrelated, they belong in separate paragraphs, but ideas that are related can be connected in one paragraph. Now watch the clock for this one because you only have 26 minutes and you'll need at least five minutes at the end to edit your writing. When you are taking a look at your final draft, make sure that again you check your grammar, spelling, punctuation, logic, and organization. Writing is very tricky, and even native English speakers make careless mistakes sometimes. So when you read, try and imagine yourself as the person who is going to be grading your exam, and think what type of improvements they would like to see. Okay, so I know that was a lot of information. This is why I'm offering the transcript for everyone who wants it. I've also included that checklist of writing strategies for success before and during the exam. So you can download this by clicking the link in iTunes if you're listening, or you can go to my website, canlearnenglish.com forward slash 49, because this is episode 49. Thanks again for listening. Please support this free podcast by liking, sharing, and subscribing. Until next time, guys. Bye-bye.